and welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I'm joined, as always, on the other line. She can't get a break. There's too much news. It's Susan miller Decker, <laughs> Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, how's it going? It's good. Uh, you know, it's a podcast bringing me back to reality on vacation. Yeah, it's uh, well, you've, here in the, you've popped in for a day to record a podcast. And listen, I'm here in the heart, heart of uh, Pac-10. Pac Pac-12. I'm sorry. I keep calling Pac-12 country. Um, I was in California. For now, the heart of Pac-12 country. Yeah. Well, I was in California and I was in, I was in, you know, like, all right. So USC and that, that, that news. LA, not Pac-12 country anymore. Big 10. That's it's big 10 country. It's big 10, big 100 country. I don't know what it is, but yeah, I can't believe it. I can't believe it, David. Last week, we thought it was like a really big deal that the ACC announced that they were doing away with divisions after this season. And we're like, oh, wow, a whole podcast on why is that good? And UM, each team having a three group pod or whatever it's called, three team pod and Miami being with Boston College and and, uh, FSU and why not Virginia Tech? And we talked the whole thing about that and like, Right now, it's who cares? Yeah, we might never. That's supposed to kick in next year, the 2023 yeah. season. Uh, we might oh, never see that schedule format because, we might, or or um, we might, and it's like an afterthought. It's like I don't know. Yeah, it's so strange, right? Yeah. Tell so, everybody what the big news is now. Yeah, so I think that podcast we recorded last week went out of date faster than any podcast you've ever recorded. Um, because I think actually before that episode went up, uh, news broke and was actually confirmed you know usc and ucla have, have said it themselves now they're going to the big 10 in 2024 um the latest round of realignment is here i don't think anyone thinks that that's the only move coming um more than ever and it always felt after basically after texas and oklahoma went to the sec basically at the same time last year they they made that announced that move everyone was talking two super conferences kind of like inevitable um, and now it feels more inevitable than ever. Um, obviously, the Texas uh, Oklahoma move kind of killed the Big Twelve. You know, they they added they're going to add Cincinnati right. and UCF to try to stay competitive. But effectively, you lose your two biggest brands. That's the death of your conference. Um, or as we know it, yeah, this is the same thing for the Pac-12 essentially. Um, not that. UCLA especially is, is the biggest football program, but your two LA schools, USC, your most storied program in the conference. Um, obviously they have Lincoln Riley now there in similar situation to Miami, where I think people are really high on the future. Um, that conference, it's not dead because you still got Oregon and Washington there and a couple other big programs, but obviously um, severely crippled. And I think now the, the wonder is when will the same thing happen to the ACC? Because it seems like it's going to be the big 10, and SEC or whatever we're going to call them in five years when they each have 20 plus teams in them are going to be the last two men standing and and Miami Clemson and Florida state um, and Notre Dame, the possibility of Notre Dame still lingering out there are are the only like guardrails, I think between the ACC and and total irrelevance right now. Um, So my question for you is how badly does Miami need to get to the SEC right now? Well, I, I, I think badly. And, 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 and I mean, there are discussions for sure. Now it's anything goes right. right. David, geographically, geographically. So yeah. you, the you Big got Ten has Rutgers, Rutgers, and Maryland, 
USC, Rutgers and Maryland, yeah. which are East Coast, literally in like Ex- exactly it miles does. from the coast, and, and it, exactly at LA, miles and from the Pacific Coast. Right. So ge- geography doesn't matter, and yet it does matter because let's face it, it it's going to be one of the big problems. Uh, you know, especially a lot of non-football sports. Oh, yeah, exactly. It takes a lot of money to travel and a lot of time, a lot of time when you're going from the East Coast to the West Coast, vice versa. I mean, it's um, it, 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 it's a problem. There is actually academics. It's hard to believe, but, you know, these are colleges and it, it really creates a whole lot of problems. However, they're still doing it. So there has been discussion that Miami, um, you know, like, well, let's let's let's. Okay, Miami could go to the Big Ten. And here's the thing. So the ACC, the Big Ten adding, uh, you know, UCLA and USC, then now has, what, 16 teams, I think. So they have room for four more, but ha-ha. We assume 20 is the number. There's no, I mean. We assume it. We're assuming it. It could be 32. It could be 24. Yeah, exactly. It could be whatever the heck they want. They could do whatever they want. So, um. But most people are saying four, and then of course everybody's holding out for Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, but that's a whole nother thing. Remember to bring up Notre Dame. We got to talk about Notre yeah. Dame. But um, Miami, to me, I I love the way Miami fits into the SEC. Yeah. I I mean Miami Southeastern Conference. I mean Miami might be a Northeast kind of culture. But it is. But- the- southeastern city major city in america yeah it's that, exactly so so i mean with my if you had miami most people so 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 the sec um uh you know now with oklahoma and texas also would have 16 right 16 one six teams and then uh so they're saying what group david of teams would most go together let's say in the ACC if you're gonna and that and to me that would be Clemson uh Clemson Miami Forest State Miami no-brainers yeah those are the three yeah. no-brainers my three no-brainers and there's one more could be North Carolina I don't know I don't know how they're gonna do it but to me th- th- don't they fit in perfectly in every yeah. way yeah I, mean, I, I with Florida State and Clemson especially like if anyone has ever been to games of those schools those are SEC like their SEC schools playing at the ACC, basically in terms of like game day atmosphere, uh, Clemson, certainly in, in terms of the amount of money they spend on that program. Right. Um, obviously like demographics, geographics, the, the types of kids who play for those teams are, you know, Miami, it's obviously very heavily Miami specific, but Florida state and Clemson are Georgia kid. Like they're really recruit the Southeast uh, more than anywhere else. And not exactly just state. Um so yeah, those two are, are no brainers. And then once you got Florida, Florida State, and Clemson in the ACC, in the SEC, like Miami has to be there too. Like, oh yeah, they're. I mean, maybe, I, maybe they're. You know, maybe they. There's there's a way that they make sense in the Big Ten if the Big Ten adds a couple of former Big East schools. You know, obviously uh-huh. Penn State, Miami is. Um, you know, there's a lot of history there when they were independents. Um, but yeah, I mean. From like you mentioned, the travel standpoint, the recruiting standpoint, and you want to be in the conference with your two biggest rivals. And, and I mean, wouldn't it be fun for Miami and Florida to be playing every year, be in the same conference, oh my. Be in the division? It uh, really would be cool. Like, and who knows? If, maybe they won't have divisions. 
Yeah, well, I, once, once you're, yeah, maybe pods, <laughs> four pods or something. Five yeah, you're right. Because there's so many. You have to. You're right. You're right. You're good. They're gonna have to have some non pods with five. Oh, that's a Miami, Florida, Florida State, Clemson, Georgia pod. How, how does that sound? That sounds pretty fun to me. Wow. And then and then and then you'd have some non-conference games with teams like Syracuse. Yeah, yeah. Well, the mid-major. Oh, poor yeah, so Syracuse. Three, first, I guess we should say the reason twenty. I think makes sense. Is you so obviously both these conferences now are at sixteen teams, like you said. And um, well, well, with the new ones, when the new, the new ones will be when the six, new ones start, yes, will okay. be at sixteen teams, right? Um, and basically, have like I said, kind of rendered most of these other conferences pretty much irrelevant. Like the the Pac-12 champion is not going to be a lock to a uh, one loss Pac-12 champion is not going to be a lock to make the playoff right now if there's no USC no. and, and uh, ACC, I think it's still a little bit more alive because of the Clemson factor. The fact that they play Notre, they have that agreement with Notre Dame. Um, but we're on the verge of basically the only way you get into the playoff guaranteed is by winning one of those two major conferences. And that means everyone is going to want to be in those major conferences. Um, and those schools want to build that stranglehold because ESPN and the SEC's case but- and Fox want to have all the games that matter. So the reason I think 20 makes sense, you, there's just enough, there's enough of those big brand name schools out like Miami, Florida State, Clemson, Notre Dame. Um, you know, there's a couple other well, Notre Dame, well, Oregon, Washington. There's a big brand name schools out there that need to be part of the playoff picture every year. And and well, David the or SEC and and uh Big Ten know they need to have those teams in to right. making money and building relevance and want ESPN to, and Fox to want to show all their, their games and show no one else's basically. Yeah. I, the thing is uh, I'm looking here. I know they, the uh, college football playoff is the other, there's so many parts to this equation, right. but the college football playoff, um, the contract, I think they only have a couple more years. I, I wish I had that somewhere in front of me among 20 million papers, but that's, that's, going to come to a close in a couple of years or however many years. So now the college football playoff, will it even exist? And also there's no way it's only going to be four teams in it. There's no way it's going to, it's going to increase to like eight. Or if, 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 if it's not a college football playoff anymore, if it's a new championship agreement between the SEC and the big, there's, they could, they could, because they're going to have 40, the 40 biggest brand name schools, the 40 biggest title, con- uh, that's not necessarily the 40 biggest title contenders because Rutgers is going to somehow weasel their way into this thing. But um, 40 of the biggest brands, they can basically say, we don't need to play in the college football playoff. We, we can say yeah. that the Big Ten champion plays the SEC champion, and that is the ultimate grand champion of college football. Right. And then, yeah, that's amazing. And I, uh, who the hell knows? Or they could make a big, a big playoff, really big right. one, and say, okay, the uh, the ACC or whatever it's called now could get one in. Uh, maybe, yeah, like you they, said, let's say they, if they do uh, the, let's say each league has four pods of five teams, you could have just the winner of every pod. That's a sixteen-team playoff or an eighteen playoff. Like there, there's yeah, a lot. Of- I, yeah, it's crazy. And then the ace, and then the Notre Dame thing, which we both mentioned. I mean, Notre Dame 
you know, Notre Dame is the, is the, the, the biggest money, sexiest, whatever a program and Notre Dame, I know, um, that they're, you know, they're with the ACC in every sport except football, they're aligned. Um, but they kind of have a foot, you know, everybody thought maybe they'd end up going to the ACC eventually. I don't, I don't see it personally, my, just my off the cuff opinion. I don't see, I, if Notre Dame, Notre Dame's going to have a choice. Okay. They'll just say, screw it. Screw the other, they they'll, whatever money it takes for Notre Dame to get out of some ACC thing, they'll, they'll do it. And they'll, I I see that they fit in much, much nicer with the big 10. Oh yeah. I mean, they're in the Midwest. There's no way they're in the SEC. I, I can't. Yeah. I can't Notre Dame SEC. No. All right. Or ACC. Forget that, David. Some people are saying Notre Dame can save the ACC, but I don't. I don't see it. I. I, I still, even with Notre Dame, why would Notre Dame? No offense to the ACC, really. Right. I don't. But, but why would the Notre Dame? We like people are saying, oh, just keep Miami, Florida State, Clemson, and bring in Notre Dame. So what? It's still not sexy enough. It's still not big enough. It's still not money making enough. I don't think. I don't. And I don't think they will. Notre Dame has such power that they're not going to worry about any deadlines. They're going to sit back, see what happens and decide, hmm, should I go to big 10? Should I do this? Or maybe we'll just stay where we are until it's the right time. I, any conference is going to, even if the conference reaches 20 teams is going to find a way to get in Notre Dame. So they'll have 22, they'll figure it out. So um, yeah, that's the, that's the, the Notre Dame kind of missed their chance to save themselves because if you'd got Notre Dame, what like when they came in as the basketball member, if they'd just been in the ACC now for a long time, it's kind of like the 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 rising tide raises all ships deal, right? Like if they're just they're just raising the level of competition if they're there for a long time. I think they missed the boat by not adding UCF like five years ago when it was clear that UCF. I mean, when you look at just the amount of money, the alumni, the size of their alumni base. Uh-huh. Their football program um they missed the boat there because ucf if they were in the acc five years ago we might be talking about them in the same tier as as miami and florida state and and clemson and and notre dame and these teams that we talk about as the marquee programs um so they had their chances to to try to be proactive with this and instead um they sat on their hands and let sec and big 10 keep growing bigger and bigger and um now they're going to swallow up everyone. I, I have to say a couple more things. I know we're going to switch subjects, but not yet. Not yet. I, I have to say yeah, that. Uh, we'll talk recruiting in the second half, but this is okay. The this is the right big now. news. Yeah. This is the big news till, till it always happens. Like, I know. Before a podcast. How many five stars Miami gets in this class? If they don't get into the SEC or the Big Ten, then 10 years from now, Miami football won't really matter. Exactly. Which is my segue. It's not a segue yet, but. There's something David call and I call that I know it's in the weeds, but it's really important called the, uh, the ACC. Each conference has a grant of rights. Right. Okay. And what that does is it protects, they have it through different like contracts. Okay. And Miami, I mean, I'm sorry, the ACC signed a contract with the, with the ESPN, which is like super long. Okay. And it, 
they first signed it in 2013, then they renewed it in 2016. It runs through 2036, 2036, okay, with the ESPN. And so that's nice. They know they're with the ESPN. The really bad part is the contract says that the 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 media rights, the money that um the media rights that the ACC gets, okay, through 2036. Um, stays in the ACC, even if a team, uh, even if a team leaves, meaning that my, let's say Miami goes to the Big Ten or whatever, wherever they go, or the the SEC. Whenever Miami plays, whenever Miami plays, the money made from TV is is still is going to go back to the ACC, even if they're in another conference. I think that's generally it. And what they're saying is. Uh, it's going to be, think about the money they're going to right. lose. However, we all know that money these days, if they can find a way to, if, if, if they want to go to the SEC and the SEC says, okay, Miami, Clemson, whatever, we'll, we'll pay half or three quarters of it or we'll whatever. Somehow they can find a way because the money they're going to make by going to the new conference. Some people are saying is like uh I don't know, 50 to a hundred yeah, to a hundred million a year. That's crazy. Right. And now I think the ACC or over the several years is only and now I think the ACC has made 40 million. I mean, they're going to be losing out on a lot of money. Yeah. As, as much as anything else. It's kind of like the perfect story with modern capitalism story where basically uh, you got enough money to like, just spend your problems away. Essentially. Like that's the SEC and big 10 is like, you basically, you know, you look at all these like, you know, all these giant tech startups or whatever. They have so much money just like in seed or whatever that they can afford to just burn cash for their first couple of years. That's the position the SEC and Big Ten are going to be. And they can lose money because they have so much of it that um, they can lose money for a couple of years because they have so much of it. And eventually they're going to make a ton because they can wait out all these other uh, smaller conferences that are. Again, like the ACC is kind of out of options. The big Pac-12 is kind of out of options. There's no, you know, the big 12 was proactive and tried to add UCF and and uh, Cincinnati, but probably too late. Um, the ACC and, and Pac-12, it seems like they're, they're, their option they're trying to pull off here is to essentially merge without really merging and kind of have an agreement to play each other, co- the coast-to-coast conference, I guess. Um, but, oh, right, right, but, right. But these are all like short term, you know, these are all uh, plug in holes in the. And they're not going to have the power. They're still yeah. not going to have the power and the, and the, you know, the. Yeah, the, because the, the SEC at some point can just buy Clemson and Miami and the Big Ten can buy Notre Dame and buy North Carolina. And all of a sudden, like four of your biggest brands are gone. Yeah. And, and by the way, last year's uh, ACC Media Days, which are coming up in a couple of weeks. The big story was there was an alliance done yeah. with the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the ACC. They joined forces. So much for an alliance. What? So much for an alliance. Yeah, exactly. They joined forces to compete against the SEC, like saying, oh, we're one family, Big Ten. They're like, what does that mean now? Like, none of it means anything. And and the, 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 the last thing I was going to say is you, you talked about um, Mario... First of all, uh, or we're going to flip here to we're going to flip to recruiting. Uh, we're going to do some recruiting conversation. But um, I 
thought, I was thinking here that Mario Cristobal has done such an amazing job since he got to UM recruiting wise in the last couple months um, that I think that's going to come into play uh, for this uh, realignment, this conference realignment, because people look, we, we cover Miami. We, we live in the Miami area. We, that's who we're interested in. Right. And so we know in the ACC, so we know Miami, Florida state Clemson. Um, but Mario, you know, the rest of the country might think whatever, but Mario's done such a great job and coming in with that big contract, that 80 million 10 year contract and all these like high powered coaches and people surrounding the program and this great recruiting. Yeah. He's done. I think is going to, people are going to say, you know, Miami, maybe now, because some fans from other programs are like, well, Miami has sucked for, they've been mediocre for how many years, no matter what mediocre, but I, people are thinking, you know what, ride the wave, man. It's not going to yeah. be that way for long. And I think Mario coming in has helped Miami a whole lot as far as this realignment thing. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, and you wonder how much in Julio Frank and, and people on the, his, you know, advisory committee basically were thinking about the, specifically the Texas and, and Oklahoma and, and the ramifications of that when they right. decided to basically like kind of recommit to football in a way or really commit to football for the first time in, in a way in terms of financial commitment, because, you know, if Miami was, you know, Miami behaved much closer for, for basically their entire existence have behaved in terms of facilities and spending and all that kind of stuff, much more like an ACC team than an SEC team. And I don't want to say like we're content with mediocrity, but like we're, you know, they were obviously swimming in mediocrity for a while and, and not, not spending the kind of money most college, most big time college programs will to get out of that. Essentially, you just look at coaching carousels in the SEC and big 10 and stuff like that. Um, And if Miami was still doing that, then, you know, I I wonder how much Julio Frank and, and his staff were like, if we keep doing this and expansion comes again, as it inevitably will be, and we get left out, like we're screwed. Miami football is dead. And I don't want to say that kills university of Miami because obviously like it's a successful academic institution in its own right. But a lot of, you know, a lot of people care about Miami because they know about the football program. Um, And uh, not having big time football is, you know, I I went to Syracuse and I think they're going to get left out. And I don't know what that's going to mean for that school, because I I know a lot of people went to that school because of basketball games. And if Miami becomes a mid-major in football, you lose that money, it becomes harder to sustain the basketball program. Like, I don't know what that, what Syracuse looks like in 50 years if if they get left out of one of these super conferences, which they probably will. And and Miami has, I think, with the Mar- not just the Mario hire, but like you said, just the commitment to spending and hiring all these coaches and building new facilities has, I think, escaped. Yeah, you know, I'll be shocked if they're not in one of these super conferences when the dust settles. Oh, for sure. I mean, I. I mean, marketing wise, the, the and I still, I, I should say, I still think they would have gotten in one of them. Um, if let's say they get to 20 teams each, but it's a lot, 
clearer now, I think, that they will be in one of them right now than it was three years ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, absolutely, yeah. It, it, I, it was the right timing for everything, and the right timing now is going to be for them to make an announcement. But again, this it's going to be fascinating to hear what Jim Phillips, the new or, or almost little more than new uh, ACC commissioner says, um, and how the ACC is tr- going to try to rectify the situation. And really interesting, and that grammar rights thing. Okay, what's Miami going to do? What what? Because they're tied in through 2036. 2036. Who? Where are they going to get the money? It, it's it's kind of weird. It's not something that you know, hundreds and hundreds of millions or a billion or however much money. Mm-hmm. It's not something you. I don't think decide overnight, but get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for the roast of Tom Brady live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh, they better, but in a way, they have to. All right, let's talk some recruiting now to wrap things up. Um... Obviously, uh, like I said, not as important as the uh, realignment stuff, but we actually have like concrete news here. So uh, it's fun to talk about, certainly. Um, And it is important. It is important for why we said it's really important. It's changed the whole stature of the program. Yeah, definitely. Um, The last week, really the last two weeks, you obviously talked about two weeks ago, last week when we recorded, uh, but they kept that run going uh, into this week uh, on Friday that get a commitment from Riley Williams, a top 100 tight end at IMG Academy in Bradenton. Um, and then actually over the weekend, they get their first 2024 commit, which is another top 100 defensive back and Tion Jackson from Dillard. Um, and then on Monday, they get their biggest, they're probably their biggest commitment yet. I think even bigger than getting Jaden Rashad of the quarterback uh, last weekend. That was getting Francis Maigoa. Five-star tackle, originally from American Samoa, now playing at IMG Academy. Also, um, obviously, we I, we won't know. He can't sign until December, so I never try to get too far. I, I always try not to get too far ahead of myself when I talk about, like, record commitments or whatever. But if he signs with Miami, uh, he'll be only the third five-star defensive tackle to sign – or five-star offensive tackle – to sign offensive lineman of any kind, actually, to sign with Miami in the recruiting rankings era. And the first since Chantrell Henderson in 2010. Um, so yeah, this one was a really big deal. And I, I think it's the biggest one yet because of the national battle they had to win to get him. And um, you know, it's a, it's been a position the, the I, I tweeted a quote from him during his announcement that he said Miami is an O-line team, and I can't remember the last time we've basically heard anyone say that about Miami. Yeah. It's crazy. Right. I, I, but again, it's Mario. 
and Mario Sapp and the, 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 the Samoan connection. I, I don't know. I, it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. I was like, wow. Offensive line. I mean, I mean, Tyler Van Dyke. Well, it's not going to be this season though. Right. So yeah. But uh, yeah. So I don't know if it's going to be Tyler Van Dyke or not, but the Miami quarterbacks, I mean, all, everything is connected, right? Everything's connected. One thing helps the other. The kids are getting each other. They're they're excited. They're rec- they're kind of joining in on the recruiting, and uh, and I don't know. I guess Mar- Mario's getting less sleep than ever. The way I can the way I see it, I think that's accurate. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, this is it. Uh, I guess we'll run through the whole run. They've had I think five blue chip kids commit since Jaden Rashada did. Uh, on that last Sunday of June, Rashada kicked it off. Top 100 quarterback from Pittsburgh and California. Um, then they get uh, Nathaniel Joseph a couple of days later, four-star wide receiver from Edison. Then they get Robert Stafford, a four-star athlete from uh, Ugali, I believe is how it's pronounced, in Melbourne. Um, then obviously Riley Williams, I mentioned, and then Maigoa on Monday. I think they expect to get uh, at least another uh, big one this weekend. Uh, they've got uh, quite a few targets committing this weekend, including uh, Jalen Brown, a five-star wide receiver at Gulliver. Um, uh, Collins a Champong, uh, a six-foot-seven uh, defensive end from Ghana, uh, who's now in wow. uh, playing in California uh, and has not played high school football since his freshman year. He's mostly been a basketball player. Um, and uh, then the big one, the other big one will be Jaden Wayne, a five-star defensive end from IMG set to commit on Saturday. And I, I think Miami feels varying degrees of good about all of them. I think there's been, there's been some traction with Jalen Brown, maybe as an LSU lean here in the, in the final days, but he, I, I think he's the kind of guy that Miami thinks even if he commits to LSU, like it won't, that will be a chance for them to keep recruiting him into the fall. Obviously he's a local kid. It goes to high school, like three miles down the road from campus. So um, like the momentum, I think it's kind of masterful, honestly, how they built this momentum. When you look at when we started June, we were talking about all these three-star guys, right? These tight ends. Yes, exactly. Um, And a lot of them interesting guys might end up being really good players. Obviously, Amory Williams, the quarterback, is it was at elite 11 last week, Um, but they really like, you, sometimes you just got to start taking some commitments because it, it not only um, like gets people talking and excited and that kind of stuff matters on social media with this generation of kids, but like all of a sudden these kids start talking to kids and trying to recruit them. And, you know, like they get two tight ends and then they get a third tight end in Riley Williams. Cause like, if he doesn't want to commit to Miami now, there's not going to be room for him. Like we kind of don't need you. Right. Like, so I think that they, they were really smart with the way they tried to, kind of build this momentum and obviously it hit a crescendo with, with uh, my Goa on Monday. Yeah. It's, it's, it's something we really haven't seen in a long time. So, the, you know, and that, but the offensive line stuff, it wasn't that, it wasn't that long ago that we, you know, we were all writing the stories of how bad Miami's offensive line was, yes. or it doesn't feel like that long ago. Yeah, and it's gotten better. Obviously, I, it was okay last year, but yeah, I mean, that was and 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 defensive linemen. I mean, 
between Mario's, like between guys transferring, I mean, he's, he's gotten some really great players now, it seems, and, and, and possibly more. It's, yeah, it's very impressive. Yeah. That's, you know, I've written it a couple of times. I've written about offensive line commitments. Like that was the promise that Mario kind of came with, right. was, um, that was the, his track record. Obviously he was an offensive line coach. He won a national, won national championships in Miami as an offensive lineman. Um, and you, I mean, you already see it with, he hasn't coached a game yet. Obviously some of these kids will come out to practice and see the way he works with the offensive linemen, which, which obviously is, is noticeable and, I think every offensive lineman I've talked to has brought that up where it's kind of a cool thing where he is hands-on coaching tackles uh, sometimes at practice. Um, But everyone, even though they haven't actually seen it in action, obviously the track record he has at Oregon and Alabama and just the way he like promises to build up the offensive line, I think really has stood out. And um, you know, Miami is for all their ups and downs as a recruit, as a recruiter over the years, They've always kind of gotten good, highly ranked wide receivers and cornerbacks and defensive ends, even. Um, they have, but, I, yeah. But they've never I, gotten offensive linemen like this. True. I'd like to see the receivers, you know. Yeah, I'm not saying they, they'll panned out, but they were t- yeah. a lot of highly ranked receivers committed. So in the past. So, and they've had, and offensive linemen don't always. No, offensive the hardest and quarterback are the two hardest positions to evaluate. I mean, yeah, I mean they're I mean, I I saw a picture of the the, the, the number one offensive lineman they just they just got the commitment from and he looks like he's a rock already. Usually yeah. they're kind of chubby. He doesn't look that way at all. Yeah, so. that's those are the difference with those five star top ten type guys. They're, they're finished products in, in a lot of ways, and um, you know, since Chantrell Henderson, the highest ranked offensive lineman they had coming in, was Navon Donaldson, and you know his uh, fitness was kind of his the one issue that plagued him, and some health. Um, obviously, he got hurt as a sophomore. I don't even remember. It's so hard to know what year they were when he got hurt, but. His fitness was a when he came in, it was a problem, and it's kind of remained a problem. And or Zion Nelson, who obviously has kind of turned into a, a little bit of a star tackle for them, yeah. And as a project, because he was so skinny, and they had to put on weight. Like when you get those big time Francis Maigoa, or they're in on Samson Okamola from uh, Massachusetts, another five star tackle. Like those guys are ready to go. Whether that means they're going to start as a freshman is one thing because again, the speed is an adjustment. The, uh, you know, like the, the, the guys you're going up against are a lot stronger. You're going up against. Yeah. The defenses. Yeah. But they're at least like, they're ready to go. If they, in terms of how, what kind of shape they're in, usually those top end guys are, they're not projects. And, and I don't, I think that is rare for Miami, especially at the tackle spot. Yep. When do you think, where do you think this ends? Does it keeps I mean, going right until December? Look at like on, on 24 seven, they have a, a, a page that lists all like scheduled commitments of just right. everyone across the country who has set a date or they're going to commit. And, you know, they've got targets set to commit all the way through basically <laughs> the end of July. Uh, uh, Malik Bryan, a top 50 linebacker from, from Orlando, is set for July 23rd. 
you know, like I said, they've got a couple of kids this weekend. Um, I think basically all through July, I mean, it'll slow down eventually. I think this weekend is really the last weekend for a little while where they have a chance to like get two or three kids and like, just keep building this, but you know, there's no limit, right? There's yeah. no limit of new, uh, this year. Right, didn't the NCAA? So yeah, um, there's I mean, no there's, 25 there's a man limit, obviously. So there, there is a lit like a no, no, no. There's no, scholarship like limit. Yeah. So, yeah, but usually there's 25 you're allowed to get for new uh, incoming like high school kids. And I, I don't, I, I, I thought that they, they, the NCAA said that for this, this one coming up, there's, there's not a limit. I don't think, or maybe. I don't think it's 25. Yeah. So yeah, for this year and next, I believe there's no initial counter, which yeah, usually 25. Yeah. So I mean, they won't get... go way over 25, um, especially with the, kids. they want to get transfers and stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're up at, I think 12 now, 12 kids committed. I mean, like they're, they're going to just keep pulling in commitments all year, basically. Um, and could be in really good shape by the time the season starts. All right. Um, I think we can wrap things up there. Uh, thanks as always for listening. Uh, you can follow Susan Miller Degnan on Twitter at S Miller Degnan. Um, you're still on vacation, but uh, obviously yep. I keep it up with the, the news because it seems to never stop in college football. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson too. I'll also be actually going on vacation finally uh, in a couple Yay. days here, but I'll be uh, monitoring all the recruiting stuff through the weekend um so you can check all that out at miamiherald.com uh thanks again for listening and uh we will talk to you guys maybe next week we we can't seem to get away from this podcast so i think maybe next week we'll be back yeah they get a couple more five stars we might have to pop back on so (laughs) and maybe you know um will be a member of another conference that's true maybe maybe the miami will be an sec team by the time you guys listen to this so yeah who knows um all right thanks again and we'll talk to you guys later